What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Just in time, just in time, because, you know, you have those moments where you're sitting there and you're wondering if you'd forgotten something. Well, yeah, I'd forgotten something. And it was the uh, the idea that I hadn't clicked on something. And that was true. Morning, Coco. Uh, you almost got to see my, my weekly allowance of that banner. I was that close. To, to forgetting that I had activated that and had not turned it off. And, yeah, Kogo, we'll get into it. There's uh, there's a lot to get into this morning. We'll get into Atlanta United here in the first 20 minutes, and then obviously we'll, it'll be kind of the underlying thing when we don't have our guests. Uh, Bart Keeler coming on after opening kickoff, uh, brought to us by our friends at Kickoff Coffee to talk about the U.S. Men's National Team, talk about Gold Cup. And, and Bart has brought or is bringing, since he's not physically here right now, Bart is bringing his Gold Cup yearbook with him. We're going to be looking at basically the equivalent of senior superlatives. His uh, all-starting 11, since we now know who the final is. And it's uh, not the United States. Bart talked about that yesterday. So Bart Bart's bringing his yearbook in, all the good, the bad, the photos, all of the uh, the teacher the teacher notes, all that kind of stuff. So it's going to be everything that uh, is wrapping up as we head into the final for the Gold Cup with the U.S. losing yesterday in penalties and had to play uh, 120 minutes back-to-back matches plus travel, all that kind of stuff. And you could tell in PK's, Jesus Ferreira looked gassed. Christian Roldan, gassed. So uh, we'll get into that. Obviously, Atlanta United last night losing 2-0 to New England. We'll go through the numbers on that throughout the show. Obviously, guys, whatever you want to talk about on the Twitch pitch, it's ready to go. And uh, like I said, we'll talk about it here early a little bit to kind of get through it. Last night in Major League Soccer, uh, Philadelphia and Nashville had a bit of a uh, to-do. They they had some disagreements, three red cards in the match late, and uh, Nashville kind of got dragged down into what we see Philadelphia do, trying to be uh, overly physical and exert themselves. And so now they'll be without a couple of folks for their next match. Uh, no Daniel Lovitz and no Shaq Moore 
when Shaq Moore and Julian Carranza, who will not be available for Philly in their next match, decided to think that it was Mid-South Wrestling. Or, yeah, because I don't think the studio was in Nashville. But, yeah, we'll go Mid-South Wrestling because it was in Memphis. And uh, tried to do a uh, – Shaq Moore tried to do a hip toss, and then Julian Carranza, because he wouldn't flip over, tried to get into a collar and elbow uh, lockup and, and try to figure out what to do from there. So three reds in 90-plus – or two reds in 90-plus, three in the overall – and Nashville loses last night. And so his Nashville being found out is uh, the uh, work with uh, Hani Mukhtar in the Qatari Super League. If Nash is, can Nashville take an offer like that? Can they afford not to have Hani Mukhtar around and reinvest? Thank you, Ropes. Good morning. It was, it was a 2-1. Uh, I'm talking the, uh, the Nashville, Nashville match. Nashville was 2-0. Two, uh, two but yeah, it was a two-one game. It was a two-one game in a, in uh, New England last night, two-nil with Nashville and Philly. Machope um, Chol, you got to give you got to give Chop a boatload of credit. And you know the the guys did not quit down two-nil. Uh, Bruce Arena said, uh, "Let me get uh, Bruce's comments." I think we saw three great performances tonight: Georgie Petrovich, Tiago Almada, and Carlos Hill. Outstanding play by those three players. Georgie kept us in the game in the second half. He was very good. Yes, that is absolutely one hundred and twenty percent correct. We'll get into the stats also uh, as a part of it. And you know, Matt Polster hits an absolute screamer from outside the eighteen. Brad Gazan is screened, and then Carlos Hill in the first half was the the rested Carlos Hill that we we're used to seeing, and nutmegs Santi Sosa towards center circle and then just has an absolutely gorgeous ball to set up goal number two. And then after, you know, 11 minutes, Atlanta United's fighting uphill. And they did get the one at the death with um, Machope Chol getting into the stats. It was uh, 53-47 Atlanta, 24 shots for Atlanta United last night, 11 of them on target and uh, five blocks for the Revs. Uh, more corners for Atlanta United, 7-5. And, uh, yeah, Alex Chilowitz decided not to call a whole lot. Didn't use his whistle except maybe to signify the end of half and end of match. 14 fouls total. Nine of them called on the Revs. Uh, 14 fouls, three yellows. Interesting ratio there. Uh, five big chances for Atlanta United last night. Shots inside the box, 15. And shots outside the box, nine. Petrovic came up big with 10 saves last night. 10 saves. And Atlanta United won uh, 60% of the duels, uh, even on tackles at 13. 14 interceptions for the Revs compared to six for Atlanta United, 11-10 on your clearances. So, uh, you know, you tip your hat to New England, you move on to Orlando. And you look at the uh, the lineups and the minutes, and we can talk about it more tomorrow, obviously, as we get ready for the purple team. By the way, reminder, Reverb, hard rock, uh, Reverb by Hard Rock, 1 o'clock, the pre-pre-kickoff with uh, Jason and myself and any of you guys that want to wander in. Reverb by Hard Rock, 1 o'clock, before the supporters group tailgate opens up at 2.30. So it gives you a chance to come and see us, talk about the purple team, talk about Atlanta United, see us and see what's going on. Then when we're over, head down the hill, head into the supporter section. I know Abby's got to work on ice cream, but we'll be at Reverb at Hard Rock, 1 o'clock. From 1 to 2, we'll be talking about Atlanta United and the Purple Team. So we'll be getting into uh, all of that. 
Yes, Abby, Abby's got lot duty from 1 to 2.15. So for those of you that don't have lot duty and would like to maybe perhaps take things, take details to Abby, come and see us at uh, Reverb and Hard Rock up the hill right next to uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Uh, SDH and Reverb by Hard Rock from 1 to 2 on your Saturday before a very big day. First sneeze of the morning. Good work. All right, so starting lineup was uh, – once again, the 5-3-2, and then when they had to change formations when New England was sitting on a lead, you kind of got to – it took a little while for that to get turned over as well. Abram, Purata, Hernandez, Lennon, Wiley, Sadich, Sosa, Wolf, Almada, Barry. Thiago Almada last night punched an 8.9 in Sofa score. Five shots on target, three blocks, eight out of ten on his dribbles, 85 touches last night for Tiago Almada, 45 of 54 passing at 83%, six key passes, two crosses, five of nine on his long balls, one big chance created, 11 of 16 on duels, uh, was fouled three times, 8.9 last night for Tiago Almada and uh, Sofa score. So, uh, no, obviously did not have uh, Yakamakis available. And once again, the whole idea there was week to week. He was questionable going in. So, you know, biggest thing to make sure that he's there for the home match. One of two on the road. You got your three points in Montreal. I know you would have obviously liked more than that. But once again, you just kind of tip your hat to New England with the the two goals early on. The, uh, the goal from Polster and just the imagination that we get to see and ability from Carlos Hill. Carlos Hill, by the way, punched an 8.2 last night. A bunch of sixes and sevens for uh, Atlanta United. Ronald Hernandez, Brooks Lennon got sevens. Everybody else got sixes. Amar Sadich had a high six last night. And looking at the minutes in the match, once again, halftime, you got tried to get some fresh legs in there. Tyler Wolf played 45. Derek Etienne Jr. subbed at the half, got a 7.6. Uh, Santi Sosa played 45. Subbed out at the half for Mateus Osechu. Ozzy Alonso gave you 20 minutes. Something else as Ozzy continues to, to build and build and build. Sadich gave you 70. Uh, Machope Chol gave you 20. Miguel Berry gave you 70. Mosqueda came in for 13 plus, so basically 15 minutes for Mosqueda as uh, Caleb Wiley gave you 77 last night. So we'll keep an eye on all of those and uh, all of the. Uh, machinations that could be attached to the purple team and all of that. Uh, I know that, uh, Sam, I know that you and Tom are talking about the interview that Deli Alley gave. We'll talk about that from 10 to 10.30 briefly. Uh, that was some a lot of stuff we didn't know and, and a lot of courage for Deli Alley to come through and make sure that everybody knew what was going on in his world. Uh, Bam wishing everybody a happy Major League Cricket opening day. Uh, sold out in Texas for the night games. But then on the weekend, they decided to do a daytime doubleheader in Texas with the current weather situation. There's a reason that there are 5,000 tickets available right now. So we'll get into, uh, so, you know, you get in, you get into, get into all of that. Uh, Coco wants to know why Christian Roldan, can Christian Roldan be banned from the national team? Have we finally had uh, enough of him? LAFC got your three points last night. Bam, going up against all caps SC. And, uh, yeah, I mean, first 10 minutes and you got to chase. So we'll get into, uh, get into 
all of that this morning. Like I said, with uh, with Nico coming in at ten thirty, we'll get the Pacific the Pacific perspective. Say that ten times fast. And you know, we mentioned Nashville and Philly. Uh, Jim Curtin drew a yellow. Color me shocked. On the bench in Nashville for sending an expletive to an official. And uh, apparently, uh, quoting Curtin, I said the four-letter F word. If we're going to give yellow cards for that, I mean, I'm, uh, we might as well just cancel the sport because no one would finish the game. So I did. I said, F, you know the word. That's what I said. And I say it all the time, and I'll continue to say it. And if our sport's becoming that that's a yellow card, then I don't know what to do. I don't know how we're going to finish games. I'll just say that's a precursor to what happened with the rest of it. You guys watched it. Is that what we want our league to look like? That's my only question. Is that really what we want our league to look like? Ending nine versus seven or whatever it winds up as. It's not good. Starts with that. I was the first yellow card. I maybe started the emotions by using a curse word as a 44-year-old man. And then Gary Smith in his post-match, he said that the uh, the ref was out of his element. So you got that. Uh, Emilio, I'll have to go back and look. I know that you're looking up. Why did Lennon feel he needed to head it out? So, I mean, sometimes, you know, if you feel that you can get it into a direction toward a teammate faster than, than getting set up and having the ball at your feet, sometimes it's a faster reaction to, to send it back away from your 18. So that's probably what it was. Uh, so, okay. Uh, yeah, Abby, it will be streamed. We streamed it last time. So it'll be here on uh, StreamYard and all of our channels. So, yeah, it'll be up and running. Uh, so we'll keep an eye on uh, all of that stuff. So there's plenty, 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 plenty. Uh, uh, Boyko, I think, was the center ref. Hang on just a second, Abby. Let me get the assignments from yesterday. And we were, and uh, Boyko was available in uh, one of the Atlanta United matches earlier this year, and you guys were not happy about him. Uh, let me see quickly, quickly, quickly. It was, yeah, Sergi Boyko. Uh, Corey Rockwell was your AR, and Joshua Encarnacion was your fourth. But, yeah, Sergi Boyko is not winning any fans when it comes to uh, what is going on in Major League Soccer. So, 920, that's opening kickoff. Brought to us by our friends at Kickoff Coffee and kickoffcoffeeco.com. There's your QR code for those of you who are watching on Twitch. And, once again, use the code uh, soccer down here 15 You get 15% off. And they, in turn, take 10% reinvested into youth initiatives. Very, very cool stuff from our friends at Kickoff Coffee and kickoffcoffeeco.com. Like we said, everything's on the table this morning. Uh, Nico Moreno's coming on at 10.30 to talk about things. 10 o'clock, wide open half hour. We'll talk about all the news that's fit to print. But since it is 9.20, it's time to bust out the yearbook for the Gold Cup and bring back Bart Keeler. Is that a Galatasaray? ish kind of a yeah uh, i played for galatasaray in the atl champions league this year for soccer in the streets um it was the first shirt in the drawer when i opened it up this morning nothing wrong nothing wrong with the galatasaray i mean i mean because uh i admit that that that, uh when i have friends and family that will go to the nether regions of the planet and actually will break the territorial bond and, and go shopping and go traveling. Hey, go get me something. Go get me something. We had some friends who went to Turkey 
and, and they actually went into the the uh what if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation where it's not about mission statements but a shared mission at u.s customs and border protection we go beyond to protect more than borders from ship to shore air to ground cities to local communities cbp agents and officers are keeping people safe Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. The, uh, the shops and the malls and things. And they got me a Wesley Snyder Galatasaray. Oh, wow. Uh, so I was like, yeah, cool. And they have, they have no clue about soccer. They're just like, uh, we, we want soccer. We want something soccer for a friend of ours back home. And so they were directed to this stack and they're and they, they, it's like here. And so they're like, okay, cool, cool. Fine. So yeah, a Wesley Snyder Galatasaray Jersey is hanging in the stacks. Well, that's cool here at uh, office HD. Uh, Bart is back for back-to-back days because we have brought him back to bring out, to bust out the, uh, were you, were you a yearbook guy when you were in high school? Did you buy the yearbook? I have the, I have they're in my parents' house, but yeah, I had all the yearbooks. Okay. I also may have been featured in a superlatives spread for my senior year. So, oh, so so you were you were part of the the front end of the comet. You were not the comet's tail. You were you were the 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 fast part of the comet up front. Yeah, something like that. Okay. <laughs> uh, so what we wanted to do because we now know the final two, and I guess we can start. Yeah. And if you wish to blend your senior superlatives for the gold cup into the matches from last night, feel free. Uh, once again, United States goes 120 minutes. You could tell they were gassed, especially in PKs. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ferreira's legs, he was, he was hurting at the end of the extra 30 and had to be stretchered off. And then he comes back and he's lead off in PKs and it showed and goes to PKs. U.S. loses, they don't get to the final, and they will be chasing after third now with yeah. the, the result that happened last night. Yeah, I uh, I was obviously disappointed with the result. Um, I think the overall performance wasn't fantastic, but when you look at the fact that this is Panama's best team with a coach who's been there for a while, and they're playing really well in this tournament, Um I can stomach it a little more. It, I don't want to say this doesn't matter because it, it, the Gold Cup does matter. It's your confederational championship. But this U.S. team was not built or set up to win the Gold Cup. And it's evidenced by the fact that you had an interim manager leading a team of guys who were third, fourth, you know, other than Matt Turner, not really a first-choice guy. I mean, I think Turner, Robinson – are the only two guys on this roster who would be considered in the, in your first 23 that you would call up. And, you know, many on us Twitter would even argue that Robinson's not in that. Um, I think they're wrong, but it, it, it wasn't a roster meant to win a gold cup. Um, I think it's a testament to that 2021 team that did end up winning it despite being, you know, again, very, tertiary, if mm-hmm. you will. There you go. There's um, your third word. Yeah, there's your, your word for the day. I don't know what the fourth level of that is, but I, I could only think to tertiary. <laughs> um, so it, it it's fine. And, 
Yeah, I mean, look, I was hoping that it was going to be a Panama and Jamaica final. I think that would have been incredibly fun for everyone involved. But uh, Panama making the final, great for them. You saw how much it meant. Um, and they, you know, they, again, they have played very well throughout this tournament. Probably deserve to be in that final. And everyone in the Twitch pitch is uh, lining up knowing that you plan on uh, having a discussion about Christian Roldan. Oh, by the way, what's the mug this morning? Oh, we've got um, Sheriff. Okay. Of course I you needed do. something happy after last night. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so uh, since you can put share down and discuss Christian Roldan. Okay, well, let me first get to a couple of things that I'm seeing in the switch pitch. Um, Airborne DJ, yes. <laughs> you have a third place match. This is not new for the Gold Cup. This is how it's always been. Again, it's one more way to CONCACAF gets money. Uh, Michael Head. The Gold Cup is still around because it's still the championship. Why is the Euro still around when they have a Nations League? There's your answer. You know, the Gold Cup is still the confederational tournament, whereas Nations League is a very different type of competition. Um, The Nations League and Gold Cup, unfortunately, were run together in 2021 because of this thing called COVID, which did exist, despite what some people try to say. Um, And unfortunately, that pushed the Gold Cup and the Nations League into the same summer in 2021. Then we had this thing called a Blood Money World Cup in November, and that pushed Nations League windows back as well. Um, had the gold, the World Cup, excuse me, been in the summer of 2022, Nations League probably would have been in earlier this year sometime. I don't know exactly when, probably March or April, probably April that window. Um, Next year, 2024, we have another Nations League because CONCACAF loves them in a uh, competition. They, they, and, loves them, they loves them some money, too. And that'll be in March 2024. So the, so hopefully um, we don't really have this issue again where we're looking at – I mean, Canada had to do it. Mexico did it to an extent. Um, Panama didn't. Again, Panama doesn't really have the depth. But I think the blessing is that we see – that we have a lot of soccer players in the United States who are decent enough at the international level. Now, I don't think anyone on this team outside of Matt Turner really did themselves any favors when it comes to convincing anyone that they deserve to play in that A squad full time. But the fact that we were able to trot out CD choice players um, for the 11 starters last night were Olympic eligible. Um, that, that's not the worst thing possible. Uh, Matt Turner, you mentioned Matt Turner, uh, Michele Giannone. Uh, Matt Turner post-match tell, uh, tells Giannone that he takes the blame for the goal. Over and over again, you see why he's the captain and absolute leader. And uh, Michele says, spoiler alert, it wasn't his fault. Yeah, it, it, it was in the sense that, like, yes, once every other person on the field screwed up. Yeah. Matt probably could have done better, and that's what he's thinking of. And as a goalkeeper, like, that's what you're always thinking. But, um, you know. I've had plenty of 1v1 scored on me, and I go, man, I could have saved that. And the reality is you probably should have been in a one-on-one situation, and Matt shouldn't have been in a situation where he had to go 10 yards outside of his box to challenge for a ball against uh, a very fast Panamanian attacker. So it, it's good leadership for Matt. I think Matt has actually proven to be a very good leader, uh, he, not just on this team, but overall in the squad. Um, and I think he's a guy that a lot of players respect. Um which is good. I mean, I think you need that from your goalkeeper. Goalkeepers can very much be leaders in teams. 
Um, obviously, we see that here in Atlanta with Brad Kusan. But, you know, I think for me, this was a good experience for Matt to kind of get a little bit of swagger. I think that's something that he's lacked in his game is the outward confidence that a lot of goalkeepers have. And uh, I'm hoping he takes that back with him as he goes to Arsenal and, and projects confidence a little bit more. Uh, getting into the the numbers that we always like to do, courtesy of our friends at Soccer America. And once again, this time responsible for the numbers or Ar- is uh, Arlo Moore Bloom. A lot of stuff in the middle. Matt Turner got a six. We've talked about Matt. Defenders, uh, Brian Reynolds, Miles Robinson got fours. Aaron Long, Dewan Jones got fives. I think that's harsh. Um, I think, again, you take into context, Panama was pretty good. Reynolds did not have a good game. I'll be the, I, I will fully admit that. Um, again, I'd rather a, how old is he, 22 year old who is still finding his way in his career have a learning game, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Miles personally was dealt with dealing with a lot of the cleanup duties from, Reynolds, Long and Miazga. DeAndre um, Yedlin. Uh, Busio to an extent, uh, who, you know, wasn't – Mihailovic, you know, those two attacking eights weren't great. Um, I don't think the back line was particularly bad, but they definitely had a lot of moments that weren't great. Here, Here's the, the rationale for the numbers. It was a busy night for these four defenders who chased the ball for most of the game. Brian Reynolds was exposed one-on-one on multiple occasions but was provided good coverage by Long and Miles. Offensively, he had one slick one-two that ended with his Rabona attempt that went nowhere. Dewan Jones continues to impress defensively, but his attacking play leaves something to be desired. Long crucial tackles early on. Robinson had some poor clearances, lucky not to be punished for them. Yeah, I mean, I think that was true about Miles with poor clearances. I also think that we struggled a little bit to build out of the back. Um, part of that, again, I think, was Busio Mihailovic not having good games. Also, uh, midfield. Sands got a five. This is Arlo uh, Moore Bloom at Soccer America. Sands got a five. Gianluca Busio got a three. Georgie Mihailovic got a four. That seems kind of harsh. Uh, it's very harsh for Sands. I thought Sands was very good last night. Um, I thought he got very tired at the end because he's played a bucket full of minutes. I mean, he played in the group match. He played two full 90s, and then he played 120, all 120 last match and had to play all 120 tonight, uh, mainly because Aiden Morris, you know, left camp for personal reasons and whatever that's going on. hope Aiden's, you know, doing okay. But uh, I thought Sands was very good last night. I thought a five, it was a five or was it a four? Uh, Sands a five, majority a four. I guess if you consider the fact that, like, Panama had a lot of good attacking option moments and we did concede and lose, like, sure, you can give them a five. I think that's very harsh. Um, Busio and Mihailovic were uh, struggle buses for me last night, though. Yeah. I, I don't think they really helped us a whole lot. Uh, keep Michael Head's question in the bullpen here before we, uh, after we get through the numbers. Uh, yeah, Coco, playing 240 minutes in 72 hours has to be illegal. Yeah, that. Um, let's talk about that. Can we talk about that for a quick second? Because I yeah, think it colors it. the ratings that these players could get. Yeah, go for it. We had a whole week off, John, between the end of the group stage and the quarterfinal. Mm-hmm. That seems a little weird. And then you go Sunday, Wednesday. I feel like you either could have done a Saturday 
um, for the U.S., which, by the way, we did play, the CONCACAF did play games on Saturday. Okay. Not, our, not us, right? So I think that's a little weird. Um, or you could have done Wednesday, Thursday semifinals. Um, oh, I, I do think that. the schedule wasn't set up very well. I think you could have you could have played the the quarters either on a Friday or Saturday um, instead of Saturday Sunday, and I don't think you would have lost that much. Uh, but oh well. And uh, also, you I mean, you're also looking at the TV money. You're looking at TV. Yeah, you're max. Probably. You're maximizing. You're trying to figure out when you can get your biggest audience. Yeah. You're trying to figure out wh- what night of the week that is. And since you're a rights holder, you sit there and it's like, okay, let's do this, this, and this. We'll do midweek weekend, get it all squared away. We get our audience in the midweek, traditional soccer audience. I mean, looking at it, my default is to look at it from a television perspective, first and foremost, because the rights holders are the ones. Which I totally understand. I'm saying that you could have, I think you could have done Friday, Saturday, and it would have still done pretty well. No doubt. Uh, But yeah, Busio, Sands, Mihailovic both played, or that midfield has played the last four matches in a row. Um, so yes, continuity was good, but I think they were all tired. Yeah. And Coco Ferrer and Sands were gassed. Yes, they were. Uh, also the numbers, where's my thing? It's like 38 tabs open, uh, forwards, uh, BV got a four. Jesus Ferrer got a five. Uh, your, uh, 1990s action TV action superhero. Cade Cowell got a three. A little harsh on Cade. I thought, again, he was one of the few attackers who was willing to take someone on. And to me, that gives you, I mean, he wasn't super successful, but he was attacking the back line, which is something this U.S. team has needed. Uh, Vasquez, to be fair, was not good last night. He wasn't effective and he wasn't influential, right? He didn't really um, create that many opportunities for us. And yeah, I think Cade probably could have given some better crosses and put him in better positions, but he didn't take his chances well at all. He had a couple chances to try to find a goal um, and did it. Ferreira was fine. I'm I'm not going to bag too much on Ferreira. In fact, I'll defend him when we talk about um, taking penalty kicks because yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. Yep, we will. Uh, subs, mostly middle-of-the-road numbers. Christian Roldan got a three. Uh, Yedlin got a four. Miazga Morris fives. And because of the lack of minutes participating, uh, incompletes or no rating for uh, G Brand and for John Tolkien. I will talk about everyone else, but hold on. Miazka um, <laughs> actually I thought was pretty decent. Um, I, he got burned, which is too expected for Matt Miazka. He's not fast. Yeah. Um, he just isn't. But I thought he was pretty decent. Um, great penalty take. Um, I actually am sad we haven't seen more of Tolkien this tournament. He's, I, I, I thought, I'm not trying to take any away from Dewan Jones. I think he was pretty solid this tournament. And I think he may have played himself into the conversation of that first group, given that we don't really have a true backup left back. Right. Um, but I would have liked to have seen Tolkien play a little bit more in this tournament. I think he has something to offer. The biggest disappointment for me was Tolkien cutting his hair. Um, and that was sad to see. Well, uh, and that, you know, if, if you believe in the Samson complex, that might be the reason why. Maybe, maybe. Uh, Gressel again, just, I'm sorry. I, 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 I know, listen. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? 
I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I know Atlanta United fans love to think that every single player who's ever played for this team is better than anything that's ever existed. One thing and one thing only. Gressel's not great. He does one thing. He does one thing, and and you need to be uh, far more three-dimensional than what you see from him in a national team format. All you have to do is go back to the match before last night. Every single time he's cutting inside, it's heavy touches to himself, easily taken off of the ball, not able to create moving centrally. And so if you're looking for somebody to come in and just bomb crosses from the right-hand side, you know, that, that's your guy. But you need some folks that are more three-dimensional than that. And, and not to be – we have to be realistic mm-hmm. and pragmatic and a little harsh when it comes to international games. Mm-hmm. Julian Gressel is 29 years old. Yep. This is a man who has developed as much as he's going to develop as a soccer player. He's not gaining any new skills. Um, he's not going to radically become faster. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> he's, he is who he is. Um, he's a very good MLS player. I think that's absolutely true. But why are we investing this amount of time into Julian Gressel at 29 years old, who is very unlikely to help us in 2026 or beyond? I just don't see what, how he gets into the, you know. Right. I mean, we could have brought in... I think a guy like Nico Giacchini, who, by the way, played in 2021 at that Gold Cup and has played very well for St. Louis this year, offers some versatility both on the wing and at striker and has shown the ability to actually take players on 1v1 and beat them. Um, You know, that to me, I would have rather spent this time uh, on a, a younger player who has a chance to help lift our floor a little bit rather than Gressel, who clearly is at the ceiling that he has. And for those uh, th- those that uh, want to look at uh, how Tafka has his players rated when it comes to – and Tafka's actually got a point system for uh, merit, basically. So it is a merit-based look of how he would have things laid out. It's over on merit. Tafka's Twitter. He says he's got a score sheet for most of the player pool. A few young kids will disrupt it soon. Tried to be generous in his gradings. Uh, Gold Cup roster was, and he corrects himself from his previous gradings of C. He gave the Gold Cup roster a D-level side when it comes to the United States and its talent pool. Do you want a fun little tidbit, John? Sure. From my friend uh, Thomas at U.S. Keeper on Twitter. Right. Who, by the way, I think y'all should follow him. He has some of the best USMNT and U.S. women's stats out there. Um, the goal conceded by the USMNT in the 99th minute of extra time of the 2023 Gold Cup semifinal. Yeah, was the 1,000th goal the U.S. has conceded all time. Wow, wow, 
Man, that's wild. Certainly, but, and and he has records of like official competitions going. Oh, I'm sure. Play. I'm sure he's got yeah. stuff that that is like nine inches thick, yeah. and it's over off in corners. Yeah, I don't know. He that man must be a spreadsheet wizard. That's all I'll say. Yeah. But uh, really, I mean, that's kind of cool, right? I mean, how, do you don't want to, you don't like to concede a goal, but like that's a no. cool tidbit. So there you go. Uh, so anybody that would like to compare and contrast their own personal thoughts with Tafka's when it comes to roster layout, A, B, C, D squads and things like that for the U.S., it's over on his Twitter, at uh, MayWJ9. So that's uh, Tafka's layout. Michael Head with, uh, with uh, a question. He says, with all these international competitions, it makes one wonder if a club would be better off having all players at a skill level just below being called up. Someone like Lennon or Gutman, sort of a, na- sort of a national team consideration, but not getting call-ups. What do you think? My thought is that MLS needs to get its head out of its rear end and not play during international breaks. Now, obviously, the Gold Cup is a slight, again, the issue this summer. We have Nations League and Gold Cup. That shouldn't be a problem going forward. Right. But, no, this is on MLS. No other league does this. You know, not certainly not to the extent that MLS does. And to me, this is an MLS problem, not a... This is a league problem. They don't. They need to not schedule during the international break. Um, they could have broken a little bit for. Um, oh yeah, you're right, Bam. They do. Australia is weird though. <laughs> Australia, the A League and MLS are very similar in the fact that they're newer leagues that are trying to establish the game in their country, right? So I think they have the similar challenge of trying to continue to be salient in their market, but. At the same time, you got to play a little bit like the rest of the world, right? Um, And I would would also maintain that Brooks Lennon should be getting more call-ups. And for whatever Yeah, I'd rather see Brooks Lennon in the Gold Cup than DeAndre Yedlin. Yes. I mean, if you want a guy who's going to run and cross balls in, I'd rather Brooks Lennon than DeAndre Yedlin. Brooks has shown to at least be able to control the first half. Yeah. Like. So that that and that was the one thing, and I was getting in discussions with folks during the match last night about that very thing. It's like, uh, you know, Brooks should have been the one called up for this camp, but you know that's yeah. up to, uh, you know, that's up to the USMNT. And uh, BJ Callahan also admitted that he got the tactics wrong in the first forty-five minutes as well. So I think he got a lineup wrong, personally. Yeah. Um, but. I also agree, like, the tactics weren't fantastic last night. And, and Panama, look, Panama's good. You can give Panama credit. They were very good last night. They've been very good this tournament. It's okay to say that Panama was better than us last night because they played better than us. Again, if Panama's best collection of players is playing better than our, again, I'm going to reference my friend U.S. Keeper because he went through and did a, a depth chart for the similar top gun, one through A through E, right, yeah. first five, if you will, starting 11s, which right. the fact that these people can think of 55 players um a lot of those guys were third fourth and fifth you know the only ones who were in the top were turner um he had turner miles and brian reynolds in the first two and the only reason he had reynolds on there is because he had um scally as a left back right so kind of just trying to make things work um but yeah this was not at all anywhere close to a first choice u.s team Again, we're playing with an interim manager. Panama's got their best players together who have been in camp, by the way, since before the Nations League. Right. The same coach they've had through World Cup qualifying. It's okay. It's okay. Panama was very good last night. Congratulations to them. I hope they beat the absolute loving crap out of Mexico. And they're featured a couple times in my 
um, by superlatives. Okay. So, uh, and for the record, it is primary, secondary, tertiary, quaternary, and quinary. quaternary. Quaternary and quinary. That's your top five. Not as fun to say as tertiary. No, tertiary is right there. All right, time to crack open the yearbook and look at all of the the senior superlatives. Let me. What categories do you have so I can follow along and we can sit here and go? Okay, here's what you've got. So what, okay, what categories do you have? So if I need to add something and surprise you, I will. So uh, best dressed had best. to include that one. Okay, best dressed. Um, for my category of lead, most likely to succeed, I have uh-huh. most likely to move to Europe. Okay, move to Europe. Um, best chef, aka the guy who is cooking the most during the tournament. Ah, okay. And least likely to invited to be invited back. Okay, I think we know who that is, and it might yeah, be Qatar. Yeah, really. Well, I mean, if, but if they're if Qatari Airways is paying the freight, then they're probably coming back. All right, so best dressed from the Gold Cup. It goes to Orlando Mosquera, our goalkeeper from Panama last night, because that fit was fantastic. <laughs> um, I And Panama had great goalkeeper kits throughout the tournament. Uh, as a team, though, it goes to Mexico, because I'm sorry, those those uniform combos are gorgeous. The Aztec print, mm-hmm. all, the color combination, too, the slightly parchment-colored white with the still bold um, kind of wine color if you will um but then also the classic green white red but the green and some very good like print on it mexico best dressed at the tournament but also um orlando mascara from panama okay so then who in your mind is most likely to move to europe so i have three guys on here kind of cheating a little bit but um Mm -hmm. i have the ones that i think from not the u.s ishmael diaz and alberto carasquia i think those guys Proved last night that they're very good, right? I think Diaz has actually done really good um, looking at his stats from the Peruvian Peruvian League. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Peru. Um, Universidad Católica. Universidad Católica. Yeah. Um, I think he could move to uh, maybe not uh, Europe necessarily, but like I think he could be very good in a Brazil-Argentina league, if not one of the lower leagues in Europe. Like, um, I don't know, looking at like, Belgium or possibly one of the kind of those Balkan leagues. I mean, I think Red Star, one of the Red Stars might be useful for him. Okay. Uh, I think he could be very good. And I think Kavaskia, same thing. Like, I thought he played very well throughout the tournament. Um, he was the best player for Panama last night. Um, and I think he uh, really could get a move. If Houston wanted to make some money, which I'm not sure that I'm not convinced Houston is in the business of making money, John. Right. But if they wanted to, Kadaskia could make them some money. I mean, they, he's not quite as Albert Elise like level of oh my gosh, he's that good visually. But I think when you actually look at his game, he can do that. Unfortunately, he just plays for a bad Houston team. Uh, well, I mean, Ben Olsen, year one, they're doing better than they have been in the past. Uh, who I agree. You, they're still bad. Yeah. <laughs> so then who would you like to see? Who has stood out to you that you'd like to see in MLS that's not that's not an MLS? Since you mentioned Europe, let's go ahead and keep it domestic. Who would you like to so see? So I think if you're looking from my next category is, is the U.S., and it's Jesus Ferreira because I actually think he was very good this tournament. And obviously the narrative around him is negative in the sense that we're, most people say he can only do it against a Caribbean nation. Um, we joked last night that clearly we must have built another pan- um, canal between Panama and Costa Rica because that's why he scored. Wow! But it 
it it was a good goal, but it was also he wasn't super effective against them. And then he misses his penalty, which again I don't think is totally on him. I don't know why he was taking it first, but um I think Ferreira needs a move to Europe. Yeah. To continue to be a part of the US striker conversation because he has done very well in MLS for multiple years, but we see his ceiling on the international level. Contrast that with a guy like Pepe, who did very well in Europe, immediately came into the U.S. national team and made an impact. And in Europe, despite you know his first season with Augsburg, because they were also a very bad team, mm-hmm. has shown that he can compete at least at a level in Europe. Um, you know, I don't, I know the Netherlands is not a top five league, but it's a top ten league for sure. And he's proven that he can score there. So I think if you're Ferreira, you need a move to like Belgium, Netherlands, Portugal, one of those three countries where very good league, not the top flight, but scoring there does have more weight than scoring in MLS. And I'm sorry, that's just the reality. All right. So you, who who else was in your kitchen? Who who else are the who are the sous chefs? If you if you okay. Had- so best chef for me was Damari Gray. Okay. Uh, he was very fun to watch for Jamaica. A lot of the Jamaican teams were actually, they were a lot of fun to watch. A lot of the Panamanians were fun to watch. But Gray had four goals, uh, four goals plus assists. Pretty good tournament for him. Um, and again, I think Jamaica needs, it was a bummer for them to go out the way that they did last night because 2-0 to Mexico, probably a little unfair for how they played all tournament. But Jamaica needs to continue to get guys like Gray to come back and play for them if they want to be a serious contender well, for the 2026 also, World Cup. They've also got to figure out how to get their heads screwed on straight. and make Yes, sure. 100%. But I think that's part of the kind of conversation is how do you stabilize your federation to be able to get these guys back continually? Because it's... It's a frustrating thing to look at the talent Jamaica has. And then when you looked at them in qualifying, they just, they were bad. Mm-hmm. Straight up. So. And same can be said for the the women's side, the reggae girls. Uh, yeah. For for those uh, who may have missed this first time around, we caught up with Soleil Washington, Shambly High School, Georgia Player of the Year, going to be on the roster for the reggae yeah. girls. And uh, she's already a part, she's in their training, and the interview is in the uh, the archive and so it's another team for bart to chase after bunny yeah Shaw. i don't know if i'll be able to go see <laughs> i was hoping i would but um i think they're in oh he's got his grid out i do i forgot oh they're in group f yeah they're on they're um on they're in australia for the most of their time so i won't be able to go watch them but um my my friend ebony who did our podcast she's following jamaica so follow her on twitter for uh yeah and uh bam with a ticket update it isn't looking good in new zealand he says ticket sales are grim while australia is hard to get tickets they just announced twenty thousand free tickets in new zealand according to rich yeah um the u.s games are sold out yes (laughs) i don't i don't mean this disparagingly against new zealand because i'm very excited to go there but clearly it's not a very populated nation. Um, and it's not like it borders necessarily Australia, right? Mm-hmm. This isn't Belgium, Netherlands, where you can be like, well, a small nation like Belgium 
has other big nations around them. The problem is legitimately like Australia is a large, largely populated country. New Zealand is not. And it's not like you just drive on over to New Zealand and, and get there. You know, it is, it is a, a significantly long flight from what I've learned. So um, yeah, bam, I think Australia, but, but I think that's why New Zealand was tacked on though, is to give Oceania a world cup, right? Yeah. Otherwise they're just not getting it. Um, I'm excited to visit the stadiums. I'm really excited to go visit um, the the stadium in Auckland. Um, I was hoping that I could go to Christchurch, but I don't think that's going to happen. But I'm really excited to go visit Eden Park in, in Auckland. Um, yeah. It's unfortunate, uh, but I'm not – there are definite reasons. I, it, listen, it's not like it was like sellouts, sellouts everywhere in France either. So, All right. So now, now let, let's let's see – just just to right now and i'm and yeah bam i'm going i'll be in wellington for the cake tin nice yeah. all right so uh what i've what i've done is i've gone to one of those websites that gives you that, that is a, a an overseer it is a compositor of all of the the ideas for flights and tickets and things and hotels and all of that they, they are a composite uh element when it comes to uh, finding appropriate flights and things like that. So I just put in a random departure date of the 27th of July. And I'm saying that I'm leaving and coming back here to SDH on the 6th of August, just to, just to give it some space, just to enjoy the experience. From Atlanta to Wellington, Wellington International Airport, WLG, for those of you who are following. As we workshop this, because Abby was mentioning the, uh, the cost uh, of how things are. And so uh, it is hotels, and I don't want hotels. I want flights, people. I'm looking. Well, for- I paid about in total from uh, Atlanta to LA to Sydney to Wellington. That's okay. my flight path. Eighteen hundred. Okay. And that was budget shopping, and also ordering months ahead. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um, mm-hmm. It could get up to two thousand, probably more, if you're flying. Delta first, like Delta goods stuff. We're not flying Delta. Yep. Uh, <laughs> uh, who are you flying? Well, we're flying Fiji Airlines uh, Airways from LA to Sydney. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, again, we we definitely went for cheaper options. Um, but the Delta ones from LA to Sydney or LA to Wellington were expensive. Uh, oh, 2000 plus. So, um, yeah, they're expensive. You're right, Abby. Like they're expensive. The hotels I've found aren't that expensive. Um so, bam, um, I don't know if you if you could uh, help me out here if there's Aussie rules going on during that time. I'm oh. game. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's expensive for non-Australia, New Zealand people to get there. It's probably also expensive for, like, people in Asia to even get there. I mean, I, I'm sure that the Japan and Korea fans, it's not, like, it's not, again, it's not next door. Yeah, uh, it looks like according to this one aggregator, and since they're not a sponsor on the show, I, I ain't mention them. But it, 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 they they do they, their name does come from going around something. Let's put it that way. Uh, Atlanta to Wellington seventeen hundred. Then there's another one, thirty nine hours and two stops, leaving Atlanta and going to Wellington. Yeah. And to, you're looking at like seventeen hundred, twenty two hundred, twenty four hundred, and then it goes up from there. So yeah. It ain't cheap. So that's what Bart is getting yeah. into. Uh, when the tickets it, are relatively affordable. Um, yeah. But again, I think 
when you're looking at New Zealand being a country that is not football first. Yeah. Um, they're very much rugby first. I get that. Uh, and just quite honestly, not as populated as others that could have hosted it. Uh, Ricky, the ticket sales still seem to be very good in total for the tournament. Yeah, Ricky, who's uh, Ricky says zero, who's a partner of the World Cup, is giving away five thousand additional tickets to games in New Zealand. So, uh, Rich is saying, can we also say New Zealand lost out on the glamour teams? It's just the U.S. group, and that's it. I mean, I don't know. I'm going to Japan, Spain. That seems like a pretty fun matchup. That one's um, in Hamilton. Uh, sounds and and by the way, uh, between me and Bam, your AFL uh, your AFL matchup should be figured out. Trust me, it's, okay. I mean, I, I'm I'm a late night FS2 watcher, and I watch the AFL. I, I definitely, if we can go, we want to go. The problem is we were looking at trying to find games last night, and they weren't like. I'll be in Sydney for like five total days, um, and I don't think any of them were in Sydney. So okay, uh, so Bam, help help a man out. Uh, all right, so who's most likely to be invited back in, in your yearbook? Uh, most likely to not be invited, not or invited. at least likely to be invited. Back. Likely to be invited. Back. I said Qatar. Okay. I understand I... your point, but they are the sponsor of the tournament. Mm-hmm. However, we could just not. <laughs> there are other countries in this nation, in this region. There are other airlines in this region that you could sponsor it. I mean, get Delta to sponsor it for all I care. Um, they have not proven. Qatar has proven that they put a lot of money into trying to be good for the 2022 World Cup. And we're not. Uh, Bam is already Bam is already doing his schedule aggregating for you. By the way, in the Twitch pitch. Um, so, biggest surprise in the tournament, good or bad, for you was whom as a team? I think the best surprise was Panama. Mm-hmm. I think we expected them to be good. I think we were a little surprised how good they played. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Um, I, I don't think it's a shock they were either in the semifinal or made the final. I think the way they played and how they controlled the matches they were playing in was impressive. And I, I'm hoping again that we there maybe this is the, the cycle for them to be good. We we see throughout CONCACAF, they often have a cycle where these teams kind of trade off being good or decent. Um, Costa Rica is clearly not as good as they have been. Jamaica is struggling to get to that place. So maybe Panama can do that. You know, um, Honduras is down. El Salvador is still trying to just punch above their weight and they're not able to do it. Um, so why not Panama, you know, biggest, uh, so we mentioned biggest surprise, biggest disappointment. And you can go all the way back into the group stage if you want. Yeah, honestly, I'm going to go Costa Rica but they did at least get out. No, El Salvador. I think a lot of, and maybe this is just because I'm on Twitter a lot and people seem to think that like Hugo Perez is like the savant who get, whose teams are always playing supremely well. The fact that they did not make it out of their group was disappointing. Um, and I think unfortunate because they had a lot of good momentum built up from World Cup qualifying and kind of lost it all. The other disappointment um, if we can go to like individual players on the U.S. Yeah. team, yeah, um, I, I think Julian Gressel was a disappointment. I think it would have been nice to have seen him play well, and he just—I'm sorry—never did. Um, the other disappointment I think was Zendejas, who didn't even play last night. Yeah, didn't start. Which fine. He—I don't think he. I think he played himself out of a starting position. But you're 
down a goal late or needed a goal late in regular time or you were down a goal in extra time and you you didn't get on the field yeah um you know that's disappointing because he had a lot of hype around him the other one coupled with him is alan sonora who didn't play much at all outside of the first game you know um those two guys were supposed to be floor setters you know like the well you got to beat me if you want to even be considered for the 18 and they they were not good uh let's see uh um, never come back <laughs> i knew that was coming uh what no, that was a terrible penalty okay I'm, I'm sorry we're getting into it <laughs> that was a terrible penalty it freaking bounced three times before it got to the goalkeeper it was in the middle right of the goalkeeper's dive i mean to be fair it almost went under the goalkeeper because the goalkeeper dove so well luckily he got his you know for him he got his big paw down there and saved it but it was such a terrible penalty and it just continues the it continues i know you have you know the uh seattle reporter and and biggest christian roldan stand coming up in 30 minutes but i'm sorry (laughs) he is not good he never has been good for the u.s do not ever bring him back to this national team he does not deserve it he has proven 40 freaking times john (laughs) that he does not deserve to be on this national team he he is not good at the international level and it's embarrassing that we keep picking him, thinking, oh, well, he just eyes and vibes. He's he he's a really good training player, and he no, he's terrible. I don't care if he does all the drills well. He is a bad player. He has contributed nothing to the US men's national team program other than one assist, two assists, excuse me, in four gold cup appearances. There you go. Get out of here. Stop. There are better players who can play other positions. Like, just get him out of here. He does not belong. He does not deserve it because he has repeatedly shown time and time again, 40 times, that he does not deserve to be here. Get out. Get rid of him. Get rid of him. <laughs> I want Christian Roldan to play in an Aussie Rules game and watch him get absolutely oh. destroyed. That's what I want to see. Oh, wow. That'd be epic. Sorry, and I'm, I, I know he's a great player for Seattle. I get it. I get it. Well, he's a good player for Seattle. Mm-hmm. He, he is not fit for international soccer. He should have gone to El Salvador. All right. So what's uh, what's next for a soccer for US POD and well, the continue we'll have a debrief? Um, we, we probably won't care plain, too much about plane venting that continues with Bart. Yeah. Uh, with, I, I'll be honest. I don't care about the third place game, um, but we'll probably do a quick debrief um, either tonight or tomorrow or, or early next week. Um, yeah, Tafka, he has more missed penalties than he does goals for the U.S. national team. There you go. <laughs> Abby says it's the perfect conversation as she's ironing flags, getting out the wrinkle. Oh, thank you, Abby. Uh, um, yeah, we'll, we'll be doing a quick debrief of the Gold Cup. I don't think it was all bad. I just don't think there was much good. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it absolutely does. I, I understand where you're coming from. Third place uh, game is Sunday at like Five five thirty. We will not. Ao is not having a watch party for that. I announced that last night. What? I, I'm going to go to the lake and hang out with my family, and the other leaders also want to do the same. <laughs> before we have to do Women's World Cup for the next month. There you go. All right. Uh, 
Maybe it's Saturday. Okay. We'll figure it out. I don't know. It's sometime. It exists. I, I'm pretty sure it exists. Yeah, it exists. I want to make money. Of course. All right. So uh, go do your stuff, Bart. Thanks for hanging out. Thank you all. Um, enjoy your rest of your day. Enjoy the, uh, again, the conversation with Seattle man <laughs> <laughs> and and how his two, I mean, I guess Morris got an assist. but He uh, did. He did. The header, the header that led to the goal. Yeah. Uh, so obviously, then uh, we'll get ready. Oh, uh, we got to we have to plug the uh, the twenty first, don't we? Yeah. So next Friday, we're almost a week away. Next Friday, July twenty first, party starts at seven. Game kicks off at nine. USA versus Vietnam at Wild Heaven West End. Um, we have a uh, the garden room will be open for anyone. Uh, Wild Heaven has created a special beer for the event called Mia Brandy. Carly and Abby um, check that out. Uh, it'll be nice. And we'll have a live show of soccer down here as well. So seven o'clock wild heaven West End is free and open. If you want to secure yourself a seat, a free beer and some appetizers, then the VIP option is available. $25 um, go to AO Atlanta on any of the socials to find out more. There you go. What he said. So, uh, Bart, enjoy the rest of your day. We'll catch up with you soon, my friend. Bye, y'all. We didn't even get into refing down here. Man. What refing down here do you want to get into? I oh. got time. I ain't got nothing well, else. I mean, well, we got other news we're going to talk about. So, we'll say, oh. we'll say. What's more important than bashing on referees, John? You know how they love that. Oh, of course. Uh, yeah. We, we got to get into we uh, Nashville and Philly and all those other things. Yeah. We got we to get into that. But we'll get into that. We'll save that. Personally, yeah. Nashville getting the raw end of the deal from a referee decision is great for me. Yeah, <laughs> I think the ref did a great job there. <laughs> and uh, so that means that uh, it's uh, two players out for Nashville next go around and Julian Carranza as uh, Carranza and Shaq Moore tried to go uh, Monday Night Raw. on it. So uh, we'll catch up with you next week. All right. Bye, y'all. Bye. That's Bart. Bart's all fired up. Uh, all right. So there's plenty of news that we can get into. Once again, Nico Moreno joining us in 25 minutes. And we will get the Pacific perspective on what's going on. It looks like uh, Jordan Henderson has agreed to join uh, Al Etifak, a lucrative offer to play for Steven Gerrard. That news is coming out just, just in the last couple of seconds. So uh, since it is. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, the top of the hour. In well, it's actually past the top of the hour by five minutes. Uh, find our music levels and uh, time to read a promo before we get into all the news that's fit to print around the world. And we get into Anika Morena once again at 10 30. So here we go. 
Throw to free, clean, fresh air. One place you need to go. It's a Lemonize service. QR code over my left shoulder for those of you watching on Twitch. You got to rise in enclosed spaces like houses, apartments, and condos. They've created a customized solution that eliminizes all organic odors, including those like pet cigarettes and food. Realtors and property managers use Eliminize service to eliminate bad odors to help them accelerate their homes that much faster. It's a turnkey process. Makes it easy to work with realtors and property managers. Kind to the environment. We like that. Offering a green way to get rid of odors without any kind of toxic residue whatsoever. We like green. Eliminize different than Febreze or our other masking agents that you may have under the sink or above you in the cupboard. Because when you reach under the sink or above you in the cupboard, you take out the masking agent. There's a reason they call it a masking agent. You spray it in the air, and all it does is mask the odor. It does not attack the problem all the way down to the molecule, like our friends at Eliminize Service do with their proven scientific formula. Pricing one of two ways to come up with a price that is affordable for you, either by the cubic foot or parts per million, offering results in 24 hours or less. If you have any questions, frequently asked or otherwise, one place you need to go, and it's the website. This is where I grab my pen. Eliminize.com, but do us a favor after the .com, go slash Atlanta so they know what part of the world that you are addressing them from so they can help you with your issues. Full homework assignment, E-L-I-M-I-N-I-Z-E.com slash Atlanta. Eliminize.com slash Atlanta. Eliminize service, proud sponsors of everything SDH here as we run through all of our Thursday thoughts. Slow fade, which will turn into a crash because that's just how it goes. Uh, yeah, so that's what happens. Uh, uh, FIFA came out with their funds as to uh, who got what. And uh, it came out, uh, looked like it landed United because of the activity of Tiago Almada in the World Cup because of the, uh, the redistribution program. Looked like Atlanta United got into, uh, I think they got $167,000. FIFA revealed they paid clubs nearly 200 million pounds for releasing players to play in Qatar. And so it looked like, uh, if my math was correct, it was all laid out, that uh, you end up with $167,000 heading to Atlanta United. CF Montreal, the third highest earner from CONCACAF, biggest earner among all MLS clubs. Montreal got just over $1 million U.S. million from FIFA uh, as uh, a part of it all. Real Madrid got almost $3.5 million Euro from FIFA for their players' participation in the World Cup. But uh, you also look at what's been going on with Real Madrid, and our friends at The Telegraph let us know that it appears Real Madrid has to account for basically about a hundred and something or 122 million euro from Sam Wallace over at the Telegraph. And I know this will shock you. Real Madrid have declined to explain why 20% of its costs are unaccounted for in the club's most recent financial results, posing questions about compliance with FFP and financial control regulations. Telegraph's Ford investigation into Real Madrid has revealed around 135 million euro in payments directed into a subcategory of, quote, other operating expenses, end quote, in the latest results published in October, of which 122 million euro is unexplained. The club has refused to respond to questions on the issue, including the specific allegation that the expenses are indeed in whole or in part repayments on a deal with a U.S. financier for the sale of future marketing income. The first of the deals signed with Providence, 
the private equity group, was back in 2017-18 financial year, gave the club cash in return for the sale of future income streams, and since then the deal's been extended in terms of length and value. From the sale of an unspecified percentage of future sponsorship revenue, which the club said was renewed in 1920, booked in Rouse accounts as revenue rather than debt. Coco, yeah, other operating expenses or the Mbappe savings account. The club has never explained in detail how that commitment is paid back to Providence or how much is paid every year. There's no suggestion, according to the Telegraph, that the deal with Providence is illegal, although there are questions over whether it's compliant with UEFA financial control. So we'll keep an eye on that one. Uh, Chris Bascom reported yesterday about uh, Jordan Henderson considering leaving Liverpool for Saudi Arabia. That looks like that's going to happen. For those of you that have missed it, and uh, Tom Russo brought this up in our number one, and it is about the Deli Alley interview that he had on the overlap with Gary Neville. 44-minute interview with revelations that were the following. Detailed a troubled childhood in which he was sexually assaulted by a friend of his alcoholic mother, started smoking at seven, was hiding drugs under a football while riding his bike at eight. 44-minute sit-down interview. Deli revealed he spent six weeks in rehab in the U.S. this summer to help him with a sleeping pill addiction. Mentioned the molestation, mentioned the smoking. Hung off a bridge by a man from his local area when he was 11. Feels betrayed by his biological parents and has no interest in a relationship with them. And he considered retiring from football at just 24 because of Josie Mourinho's treatment of him. And obviously he's had a tremendous outpouring of support and... On his sleeping pills addiction, he says he was taking sleeping pills to deal with his trauma rather than dealing with the root of the problems. And I mean, my troubles have, this is a direct quote, have been going on for a long time. I think without me realizing it, the things I was doing to numb the feelings I had. I mean, I didn't realize I was doing it for that purpose, whether it be drinking or whatever. The things a lot of people do, but if you abuse it and use it in the wrong way and you're not actually doing it for the pleasure, you're doing it to try to chase something or hide from something, it can obviously damage you a lot. So it started with that, and then I got addicted to sleeping tablets, and it's probably a problem you know that not only I have. I think it's something that going around more people than more people realize in football. On rehab, he says he decided to check into a rehab facility to help with his mental health. So when he came back from Turkey, he came in, found out he needed an operation. He says he was in a bad place mentally, decided to go to a modern-day rehab facility for mental health. Quote, they deal with like addiction, mental health, and trauma because it was something I felt like it was time for. I think with things like that, you can't be told to go there. I think you have to know, and you have to make the decision yourself. Otherwise, it's not going to work. And yeah, to be honest, I was caught in a bad cycle. I was relying on things that were doing me harm. And yeah, I think I was waking up every day, and I was winning the fight, You know, going into training, smiling, showing I was happy. But inside, I was definitely losing the battle, and it was time for me to change it because when I got injured, they told me I needed surgery. I could feel the feelings I had when the cycle begin, begins, and I didn't want it to happen anymore. So I went there. I went there for six weeks, and Everton were amazing about it. Supported me 100%, and I'll be grateful to them forever. I think whatever happens in the future, for them to be so open and honest and understanding, I think I couldn't have asked for anything more in that time 
when I was probably making the biggest decision of my life, something I was scared to do, but I'm happy I've done it. To be honest, I couldn't have expected it to go the way it did. The retirement uh, stuff with Jose Mourinho, quote, hard to pinpoint one exact moment. Probably the saddest moment for me was when Mourinho was manager. I think I was 24. I remember there was one session, like one morning I woke up, I had to go to training, and this is when he'd stopped playing me, and I was in a bad place. I remember just looking in the mirror. I mean, it sounds dramatic, but I was literally staring in the mirror, and I was asking if I could retire now at 24, doing the thing I love. For me, that was heartbreaking to even have had that thought at 24 to want to retire. It hurt me a lot, and that was another thing that I had to carry. He mentioned managers. And he does, he does go back and talk about Mourinho. He says, I'm glad you asked me about Mourinho calling him lazy in the Amazon uh, documentary series. So that lazy comment, people all love to bring that up. That interview obviously was on Amazon. He called me lazy. That was the day after recovery day. A week later, he apologized to me for calling me lazy because he'd seen me actually train and play. But that wasn't in the documentary. No one spoke up about that because it was only me and him. So uh, requested required reading, if you can find it or if you can find the, the video version of it, the whole uh, 44 minutes, I'll post the link to the Telegraph article in uh, the Twitch pitch. But yeah, requested required reading and viewing today is the uh, 44 minutes that Neville spent with Delhi Alley when it came to uh, this interview. So uh, a lot of stuff covered by Deli Alley in the interview there. So that's uh, that'll be your requested required reading and or uh, viewing if you can find a link to it. I'm sure it's on YouTube someplace. Uh, gossip rumor and innuendo. Once again, Nico Moreno joining us in about 15 minutes to talk about everything in Major League Soccer from the Pacific perspective. Uh, PSG will do everything possible to sign Harry Kane, although his first choice remains Bayern Munich. Barcelona want Manchester City's Bernardo Silva, but their backup plan is Giovanni Lo Celso from Spurs. Inter Milan willing to pay £25 million plus add-ons for Lukaku, although Chelsea value him at 40 Nottingham Forest have followed up their long-standing interest in PSV Eindhoven midfielder Ibrahim Sangare, making him an offer. Willian, considering a second offer to stay at Fulham after his contract expired, also been approached by Nottingham Forest and has attracted offers from Saudi Arabia. Four-letter paper, take the information at your own peril. Liverpool ready to make an offer for Levi Colwell from Chelsea. Uh, David De Gea, no word yet. They are trying to figure out individuals that can come in and take over for David De Gea, but no word on a landing spot for De Gea, Abby. Manchester United, Newcastle, Villa interested in Atletico Madrid's forward Joao Felix. West Ham are frustrated by the length of time taken to sell Declan Rice caused by delays in paperwork drawn up by Arsenal lawyers. Everton interested in Moussa Dembele, currently at unattached FC. And Leicester is Leicester's Jamie Vardy. Newcastle considering an offer of $30 million from Leicester for Harvey Barnes. And all these are in pounds, unless otherwise notified. Uh, nice midfielder Aaron Ramsey received a lucrative offer from a Saudi Arabian club. Uh, Three-letter paper. I'll, I'll see if I can find the the Manchester. Uh, there are rumors of replacements, and they're trying to to find uh, folks. Let me dig that up at the end of what we see here. Uh, Spurs, Pierre-Emil Hoiberg on a long list of potential Atletico Madrid targets. Chelsea opening to selling Trevor Shalaba this summer. Manchester City have turned down bids of about $30 million for 
Midfielder James McAtee, three-letter paper. Bristol City rejected a 15-million-pound offer for Bournemouth. A midfielder Alex Scott, uh, from Bournemouth for Alex Scott. Manchester United's Will Fish agreed to join Hibs on another season-long loan. Wolves open to offers for Johnny Castro Otto and talks to re-sign Matt Darty. Chelsea and Christian Pulisic, uh, Pulisic will wear 11 at uh, AC Milan. Leeds forward Rodrigo set to join Al Rayon after they triggered the three million pound release clause. And also Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas have bought a minority stake in Leeds United. Marseille close to signing Atletico Madrid's Renan Lodi, who was on loan at Nottingham Forest last year. And Ropes has let us know that, uh, that they have been uh, so Ashley Young has signed a deal to to come and hang out at uh, at Everton. So uh, so Ashley Young has signed a deal with Everton this year. So checking the Manchester Evening News, Abby, to see if uh, let's see if we are looking to uh, transfer news. Uh, Andre Onana looks like that is the closest one right now for. Uh, in between the sticks, supposedly submitted a 47 million pound bid for Andre Onana over the weekend. Although it appears Inter are apparently looking for around 51. United are in need of the a keeper, Dean Henderson, seemingly bound for a permanent exit to Nottingham Forest. So keep an eye on the Andre Onana sweepstakes from Inter Milan. Looks like 47 is what uh, Inter is looking to pay, 51 is what Nottingham Forest want. So we'll see. Uh, Sam uh, Sam thinks De Gea is going to Saudi Arabia. I'm sure, like everyone else is. Uh, Rory says he uh, from Tom, uh, not footy related. Love to hear Rory say he'd rather retire than play for LIV. Uh, according to Fabrizio Romano via Sam Williamson, this is a big day in the process of trying to get Andre Onana to Manchester United. Uh, yeah, uh, some athletes are going to stick to their guns. Uh, also, let me go and see what other stuff. I mean, we always like to go through the papers and see if there's anything that we miss through all of the uh, gossip, rumor, and innuendo when it comes to transfers. Yeah, H- uh, Jordan Henderson has accepted the Al Etifak proposal. Leeds defender Rasmus Christensen is going to join Roma on a season-long loan. Joined the club on a five-year deal last year from Red Bull Salzburg. Thirty appearances in his first season as Leeds was relegated. Uh, David Ornstein says that, yes, there is a delay, but uh, in the Declan Rice sweepstakes and the signing of the papers, but Ornstein also says there's nothing to worry about when it comes to all of that. Uh, Fulham have rejected the 25 and a half million pound bid for Alexander Mitrovic from Al Halal. And so we'll keep an eye on that. I'm guessing that Mitrovic wants to go. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So we'll see what happens with the, the price tag and how everything is going to go there. PSG goalkeeper Gianluigi Donnarumma expects to play for the club next season, has been told by senior management at the club they're looking forward to welcoming him back. Contracted until 2026, not looking to move away. Happy in Paris amid speculation about his future. Sky said that uh, Sky was told he can't wait to be back in Paris ahead of beginning training and working with Luis Enrique. Uh, Contract, uh, according to Fabrizio Romano, has been agreed to with... uh, Jordan Henderson and Al Etifak. Uh, Hendo spoke to Klopp today, and there is a green light. And we mentioned uh, Manchester United unsuccessfully have offered players in part exchange for Rasmus Hoyland and talks with Atalanta. Atalanta only wants cash, homie. Eric Denhog apparently has 100 million pounds to splash on his own this summer, but Atalanta wants cash for Hoyland. They don't want to do cash plus players. Manchester United, uh, we mentioned Joao Felix, we mentioned Onana. Porto star Mehdi Taremi has dropped a hint. The striker could soon join Manchester United after posting an image of the badge on his Instagram. Eric Tenhog says that the Manchester United captain will be decided by him and not left to a vote by the squad. Phil Jones is holding talks with Aris following his exit at Old Trafford once again. That is from the three-letter paper. So take the information at your own peril. Running through the papers once again, seeing if there's anything that we missed. Daily Mirror says Tottenham are intensifying their efforts to persuade Harry Kane to commit. Newcastle faced competition from Celtic in the race to sign Kieran Tierney from Arsenal. Arsenal sporting director Adu has reportedly flown out to Brazil for transfer talks with Grêmio over midfielder Bitello. Michael Carrick hoping to bring Villa striker Cameron Archer back to Middlesbrough for a second loan stint. Sunderland offering winger Patrick Roberts a new contract, trying to keep him away from clubs in the Premier League. And avoiding the three and the four-letter papers, as we always do. Carlos Alcaraz's dad filmed Novak Djokovic at Wimbledon. Nice job. Um Spurs Daily Express uh, reports in Italy have hinted Spurs will make a move for Dusan Vlahovic at Juve if they give up on offers for Harry Kane. Um, and that should set us up for the papers. Going through all of the... the uh, <laughs> Here comes Shooter, as we figured. Let's go, Revs. Not in Petrovic's house. Ten saves. Busy night. And if he's not in consideration for Player of the Week, then I don't know what else is going to be there. Uh, also from uh, last night in Major League Soccer, once again, Nico Moreno from Pulso Sports and the Soccer Bar joining us in about seven minutes. The uh, schedule last night, and we'll go over the standings too. Cincinnati beats Red Bulls by the score of 2-1. Where Minnesota found all the goals, I have no idea. Beating Houston by the final of 3-0 at Shell Energy. Uh, Longwane, Timu Puki. So there was a Puki party, but it was on the road. So Longwane, Puki, and Tajuri Shradi. So two of the three goals came from pickups in recent history for Adrian Heath. So goal from Puki in the 20th after Longwane's five minutes earlier. Tajuri Shradi puts it 
puts it away with the third goal in the 87th minute. Big three points on the road for Minnesota last night. Uh, Kansas City and RSL, a 2-2 street fight at Children's Mercy Park. Daniel Shallowy scores. Johnny Russell scores. It was 2-0 to the home side. Not so fast, my friend. Pick up your Ticonderoga pencil and wave it in the air. Danny Masofsky and Anderson Julio scored in the second half. 2-2 by the end of 45, uh, by the end of 90 minutes. And so we will uh, keep that. We talked about Philly and Nashville going off the rails uh, last night. Gary Smith in his post-match press conference mentioned that Sergi Boyko was out of his depth. And Jim Curtin dropped an F-bomb and got a card for it. Philly won 2-0. They will be without Julian Carranza next time. And Nashville will be without two players themselves. 90 plus five. And uh, it was uh, Shaq Moore and uh, who was it? And so Nashville's going to be without two players on the weekend. So, um Three reds late in the matches, or late in this, all in the second half. The uh, Shaq Moore, Julian Carranza reds were at 90 plus five. So Nashville's going to be without two players going into the weekend. The 45 minutes that was played at Dick's Sporting Goods Park, probably in front of friends and family, ended up in a goalless draw. It was goalless after 45 when they started, goalless after 90 when they finished. Chicago, where did Chicago come up with three goals? Gutierrez, Haile Selassie, who came from fire two, and Jerdan Shakiri. Three goals in the first 34 minutes, two goals in two minutes. CF Montreal takes it on the chin again, losing 3-0 on the road at the spaceship in downtown Chicago. LAFC put three on the board against uh, All Caps SC, and they all came in the second half. Golas after 45, Vela scores in the 72nd, Steep Buke scores in the 82nd, and Sifu scores at 90 plus two. So 72, 82, and 92. Big win for LAFC with uh, all caps on the road. San Jose shuts out Seattle at PayPal Park by the final of 2 0. We'll get into this one, obviously. Christian Espinosa with a PK in the 19th. And then Trauco scores in the 65th. 2 0. San Jose in control on that one. And then your late one, Vancouver, beats Austin by the final of 2 1. And uh, Vite scores in the first minute. Redis scores early second half to tie it at one, and then Cordova scores to uh, give Vancouver the win. They had the lead with about 20 to go, and then they close the door there. And it's a 2-1 final for Vancouver and Austin. Eastern Conference, and we know Eastern Conference is going to be nuts. So after last night, here's what's going on. Cincinnati, eight points clear, but they've been kind of struggling recently. Still haven't lost at home this year. They're 10-0-1, but they're only 4-2-5 and away from home. New England's at 40, Nashville's at 38, Philadelphia's at 37, Columbus at 36, Atlanta 35, Orlando at 34. So four points separating three through seven. It's going to be like this the rest of the way. Trust me, the East is crazy competitive this year going to be like this all year long. DC's at 30 points, Chicago's at 29, that's your playoff bar. Montreal now at 8-12 and 2 after 22 matches is at 26. You have four teams at 26 points, none of them currently are in the playoff picture. Montreal is 10th because they have more wins than Red Bulls and Charlotte. Red Bulls are ahead of Charlotte on goal difference. NYC has played one more match, they're at 26 points, 5 wins. Toronto FC 310 and 10. They're at 19. And Intermessi FC 
is uh, Inter Messi CF, sorry, is at 18 points. That's the East. In the West, St. Louis at 38, LAFC's at 36, Seattle's at 35, Salt Lake's at 34, San Jose's at 32, Austin and Dallas at 29. So the three Copa Tejas sides in the Western Conference are all within a point of each other, 6, 7, and 8, Austin, Dallas, and Houston. Vancouver's at 28 points. They have one less win than Houston. Minnesota, below the playoff bar after the win last night, 27 points. Sporting's at 26. Portland's at 23. LAG's at 22 at 5, 9, and 7. Colorado at 18 points is at 3, 10, and 9. They've only scored 16 goals in 22 games this season. They have given up 30 because they have William Yarborough in net. And in El, Trafic, in El Traficito last night, Los Dos beat LAFC 2-4-3. Thank you, Bam, for the MLS Next Pro update. And then uh, Abby, public service announcement. It is intermessy, indeed, Sam. Anyone need tickets for the game on Saturday against the Purple Team? Abby has a friend who can't make the game. Section 115, row 30. A hundy for the pair. Abby's uh, phone number is in the Twitch pitch for anyone who's interested. Uh, by the way, once again, reminding you that we're going to be at Reverb by Hard Rock 1 o'clock Saturday afternoon. Jason, myself, you. We're going to talk about the purple team. We're going to talk about the game from 1 to 2. We're going to talk about the rest of the day in Major League Soccer. And after 2 o'clock, then you guys can head to the supporters tailgate and have fun that way. But at Reverb by Hard Rock 1 to 2, SDH is live and it'll be streamed. Uh, price for the se- price increase for season ticket holders, I think, went up from what, 8 to 12% Parzival, I think, across the board, because I know that was a big part of the discussion yesterday uh, when folks were trying to renew while they were uh, multitasking and listening to the show, which I give you full credit for, by the way. 8 to 15%. I know that there were some things that. Uh, opting out and games and availabilities and things like that. And I know, but I think Parsifal, it came out to anywhere between like eight and 13%. And I know that there were some questions with some season ticket holders that I didn't have the answers for, but hopefully they can give you the, yeah, messy effect. No doubt. Uh, Abby, free ice cream, still waiting. Time's on free ice cream in some Atlanta United alumni serving ice cream. Okay. Very, very cool. Um, This weekend, by the way, after the Atlanta-Orlando match on the SDH Network, Sunday night at 7, the twos are at Osceola Heritage Park taking on Orlando City B. Pre-game show here on the SDH Network will be at 645. Jason will have the call for you. We'll get you set up with everything there. So busy weekend. First team plays Saturday night at 7 at Mercedes-Benz. MLS Next Pro Sides play Sunday night, 730. 7.30? 7.30, is that what I wrote down? 7. 7 o'clock. 7.30 for the, the first teamers. 7.39 kick. 7 o'clock, second teamers. MLS Next Pro. SDH Network will have your pregame at 6.45. Seven, oh, that's right. It is the fo- Big Fox game for the Super Hyper Mega uh, pregame show. So it's Big Fox and, yeah, 7.55 kick. Traditionally, if it's just Apple, uh, Abby, it is a nine-minute pregame show. But since it is the Super Hyper Mega Big Fox pregame, 7.55. So 7.55 kick. We're all going to be there a while. It's going to be a great day. Starts with us at 1 o'clock at uh, Reverb by Hard Rock. And you can get your shade in and work your way through. 
And uh, Emilio, in t- discussing things with Parzival about the season tickets, he says you still have to take the 18th game into account. Makes more sense with old math rather than new math. So 18 games and an average of 8 to 13% on the increase. But the 18th game apparently seems to be the difference. But uh, so, yes, uh, MLS Next Pro on the network starting at 645 Sunday night. And it will be a longer pregame show for Mike and Jason on 92.9. The game starting at 7 with kickoff at 7.55. So very, very busy stuff. Got a lot of busy, got a lot of things going on uh, here. And speaking of here, since it is 1030 ish, it is 1032 on a uh, Thursday morning, it means that it is time for Thursdays with this particular individual, Nico Moreno from uh, Pulso Sports and our friends at the the soccer bar. And it's, uh, as always, my friend, great to have you here to discuss things on a Thursday. Thank you for having me as always. Uh, g- give me a little sound check. Make sure that I'm coming in nice and neat. All right, good stuff. I am uh, in the beautiful eastern Washington area. So I'm at a hotel. I just turned off the AC because it was extremely loud. So for <laughs> you and only for you, I am burning up in this hotel room. The man, the man is in the the man's in the Puyallup, but he's in eastern Washington, and he's sitting there, and he's he's. All right, well, you, are you like in Spokane or something? What's going on? Uh, yeah, I'm in Wenatchee, Wenatchee uh, for some uh, other work stuff that I'm doing over here. So uh, I've been here for about three days, my last day here. Uh, always, you know, nice weather, hot, you know, so I, I enjoy my time over here. Really good uh, craft beers and, uh, okay. you know, some, some good stuff over here. I, I see how it's working. I, I see how this works here. Uh we got a lot to talk about. We've got a gold cup to talk about because uh, it is not the United States in the final, but it is Mexico in the final. And I, uh, you know, and I continue to sit there and I go, uh, you know, is, is L3 back? Are they back? But uh, I mean, it was the final four was a big, you know, a big game for the United States having to play 120 minutes for the second time in a row and didn't make it out of PKs the second time losing to Panama and Mexico. Uh, knocking off Jamaica, Henry Martin scoring in the first 90 seconds, and they were kind of off and running. Uh, what's been your What's been your thoughts about uh, El Tree? What's been your thoughts about the tournament? What's been your thoughts about the U.S. men's national team? So it all kind of goes together. Uh, I'm still not El Tree's bag believer, and that's because the Gold Cup uh, should not be your parameter on showing where you are because the quality was so poor in this particular Gold Cup. Uh, we've talked about it before in uh, this show and, and many other shows as well that not everybody took this Gold Cup as seriously as Mexico. It was a must-have for the Mexican Federation. It was something to hang their hat on. They needed this, especially with uh, their new head coach and the saving grace of once again having a national, a Mexican uh, national running uh, L3. So th- that's kind of been the story. They, they needed to get this win. Uh, I think they played okay. Uh, it was probably their best game so far that I've seen them play against Jamaica. Uh, again, it's not brilliant. It's not amazing. Uh, but they're effective, and they're finding ways to uh, – be dangerous and uh, they exploited some of the oh, 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 O'Reilly. you need parts o'reilly auto parts has parts 
Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Deficiencies that Jamaica had. They, they gave him a lot of room to, to transit the ball. Um, I thought Henry Martin was dangerous the whole time. Uh, I'm starting to see a little bit of what we thought that a guy like Chavez could provide for this team in the midfield. Uh, I've always liked Romo too. I thought he had a good game. Uh, so all in general, I'm not going to say that L3 is back, but I think we're starting to see components that could at one point become uh, a better team than they have been over the last couple of years. But again, this tournament is not a determinant factor to say that Mexico has once again found uh, a great foundation of good soccer. And then you look at the U.S. and depending on who you talk to, it was either a C, a grade C roster or a grade D roster, thirds and fourths and combinations there with some, you know, A-listers that were paired with it. But when you look at the tournament from the U.S., what have been some of your big takeaways? I think it's been experimental. I mean, I really don't know why people are – I don't want to say maybe not surprised, but why they're putting so much into this Gold Cup, because you could tell from the very beginning that all it was was experimental, was to try to find some players to create a a bigger player pool that eventually could help you in some way. their inability to win has been the biggest problem, right? They couldn't beat Canada. They, they couldn't beat Panama. Uh, so those are the type of things that you get when you're playing Julian Gressel out wide and you're uh, trying to uh, figure out where Busio is and, and you play him every game. I think that the one consistent player and probably the player of the tournament for this U.S. Men's National Team is James Sands. Uh, just distribution-wise, uh, nice uh, collective in, in defensive moments, uh, understands the game very well. He was the one consistent player uh, for this national team. Turner, another one, of course. I thought that he was very good uh, in, in all the matches. Uh, he gave this team a chance to win even in PKs yesterday. Um, so all in all, my takes away is nothing happened. This is not something that was a priority for the USPS national team is ex- completely experimental. Um, I thought that even yesterday when I, in my mind, I was thinking, look, they've experimented enough. They looked at a couple of players, but they're two games away from g- getting a title. So they're going to put out their best lineup and they didn't. Right. I thought Miazga was the, the right choice that he should have gone with right next to Robinson. That didn't happen. Jetlin was the experienced guy that got ahead a lot uh, better and transitioned just quicker. And you saw the difference he made as soon as he jumped into the game. That's when you were able to pin back Panama a little bit. Uh, I thought that they were going to go with a little bit more speed out wide, and they didn't do that either. Um, so all in all, uh, I just thought it was experimental moment for this U.S. Men's national team. That's why Greg wasn't running it either. They didn't want his face even close to this squad. So uh, it's no surprise that they had so many issues that they weren't able to, to win and that yesterday, despite having a chance to take it, uh, unfortunately, in PKs, is anybody's game. 
Jesus misses Christian, which I feel awful for him because I thought he put a lot of effort and I thought he, he was a, a difference maker when he came on. Um, they just couldn't pull it off. All right. So we'll put the gold cup to the side and now we'll, we'll talk about major league soccer. And before you came on, I went into the standings in the East and the West and there are stacks in each conference where you're chasing after positioning three through seven in the East is crazy right now. And it's a little lower in the West where it's crazy right now. So I I would go ahead and I would caution folks that it's going to be this way for the rest of the regular season. So if you see something, your team could have a good week. And if you're playing twice, you get a full six points, you rock it up the standing. Same thing could happen if you lose twice in a week and you're down seven, eight, nine. So, when you look at things, and we're right now at the halfway point of the season, just past it, and now actually the two-thirds point of the season with like 11 matches to go. When you look at things in the East and the West, from the beginning of this season to now, did you anticipate it being this competitive and this crazy in both conferences? I did. Uh, I did. I, I thought uh, the East was going to be the most competitive, to be honest. I was not expecting as no one was, how good St. Louis was going to be. So that was kind of the odd team out in terms of what you thought it was going to look like initially before this season even started. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, the the competition level was huge. Uh, We talked in this show about those constant teams that are always in the playoffs, like Timbers, like Seattle, uh, plus the up-and-comers with Austin, with Houston, with a couple of teams that – really loaded up before the season in terms of talent. So, yeah, I I thought it was going to be competitive. Maybe not this tight of a race, uh, especially for the moment uh, in the season that we are before All-Star break. So uh, it's kind of the midpoint, you know what I mean? So uh, I didn't think it was going to be as tight as it is right now, but the competition level was going to be there for sure. but it's been fun. It's been fun to watch. You, you could tell both uh, conferences are extremely talented, although the East does seem to be a level up in terms of just points. I mean, you you look at where St. Louis is, and they wouldn't be close to, to the top. They might be like fifth or something in the East uh, in terms of points. So it, it's, just, it's, it's interesting the way it's played out. You look in the East since you mentioned the East, and and I know a lot of folks have gravitated toward uh, the street fight last night in Nashville with Nashville and Philadelphia, where Philadelphia does what they do. Nashville didn't have an answer. They were pinned in for the full 90 minutes, and then it turns into Monday Night Raw for the final 20, (laughs) where Daniel Lovitz gets a red in the 81st. Shaq Moore and Julian Carranza decided that they were going to chase after the Intercontinental Championship. And uh, I think it was Carranza that started with the headlock and or, and then uh, actually, no, Shaq Moore had the headlock. Yeah. And then Julian Carranza tried the collar and elbow lockup to try to get uh, Shaq to break the hold when, you know, from the ref count of five. Um, I think that when you look at Nashville after what happened yesterday, I think once again, they've been exposed and it's been a case where they've been hiccuping their way through right now, even though they are where they are in the standings in the East. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. First of all, I mean, it was a playoff field uh, in Nashville. I'm not saying that 
I'm okay with fans throwing stuff at players or anything like that. But but the atmosphere was was very good away from those uh, undesirable moments. The teams from the very beginning were were clashing, were winning duels, some reckless challenges uh, throughout the game. Um, but yes, to your point, we've seen enough of a Nashville, Nashville team that is depending on whether Mokhtar is on or off. If he's not scoring, if he's not doing magical things, he had a couple of opportunities in this one where he just doesn't put it away. He has no help. Burnberry's, look, he, he's a serviceable nine, and they have a collective play that has gotten them where they are. But we've said this before, right? They need to bring somebody in that is going to be a finisher, that's going to take that weight off of Honey, that could maybe even play and interchange in certain moments with him. So absolutely, when you go against a team like Philadelphia that is going to make it difficult for you, that if you don't finish when you're supposed to, they have the weapons up top. To, to win the game. Uh, I just think Nashville did get exposed, has been getting exposed, and everybody knows that the way to do it is lock up Mukhtar, don't let him get service in, uh, frustrate him, push him out, don't, don't let him be in uh, pockets in space on top of the box, don't let him run into the box. So with that said, it just seems that they're a very easy team to handle from the defensive standpoint so they, they, they're still a good defensive team they're still very well structured they uh play in blocks fantastically their rest defense is very good but it's just not enough for you to be ahead in a very tough conference and you meant and i'm glad you mentioned what happened last night from from the fans and it's fatiguing for me to have to continue to bring it up, but I think we have to continue to bring it up. So fans are exposed for what they do. And in, in going in and looking at, and then we were in our production chain last night here at SDH, and we were going through some of the responses. And one, and one supporter in, in particular in Nashville was basically calling out Philadelphia for celebrating in front of the supporters and that they should expect to have things thrown at them if they're celebrating just because that's where they scored and that end of the pitch at Geotis. And so they're in that corner and so it just happens to be in front of the supporters. Therefore, the supporters should be throwing things at opposing teams because they're celebrating in front of them. I thought that it was someone who sadly is out of touch when it comes to what you're there for when it comes to seeing a soccer match. We got to get away from that mentality that is soft, not to respond with violence when the oppos opp opp the opposition and uh, whether it's opposition fans or opposition's players celebrate nearby, and that's what soccer is about. It's not, man. It's it's the wrong mentality. Keep it together. Continue to chant. Continue to uh, support your team. Maybe try to affect that game that way, but th there's no space in soccer for you to be throwing anything at a player, getting out of your seats to jump on the field, or even be aggressively violent with your wording, right? The, the saying racial comments or anything like that, 
uh, that needs to be just removed from the game. So we just got to move away from that because that's what we hear. Oh, of course, they, it's it's our house. We got to make it difficult. It, they're not allowed to celebrate in that. No, that, that's, that's not how it works, man. This is not war. At the end of the day, this is a sport. And we can be passionate about sports, but we, we, we cannot cross that line. There's a there's a very good line about being passionate and being violent and, and, and being just a, a bad overall person. So uh, I completely agree. I think that there's no room for that in soccer. All right. And so because of that, I'm going to bring back one of the best post-match deliveries of a thought. And it's courtesy of our friends at Apple TV. Look, I get that some people think if they buy a ticket, they've got the right to yell whatever abusive shit they want at footballers. But they're not just footballers. They're also people. And none of us know what is going on in each other's lives. Look, I get... And there you go. So that's, 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 our, that's our guy. That's our guy, Roy Kent. You don't mess with Roy Kent. And what Roy Kent says, you don't do that. Just because you buy a ticket does not mean that you can do whatever the blank you want. And I don't understand the explicit rating today, and I don't care. That's right. Plain and simple. If Roy gets it, we all should. Uh, when you look at everything else that's been going on, you know, uh, you know, the Eastern Conference, obviously, New England, a very good team. And you, when you get a banger from Matt Polster and, and Brad Gazan is screened and you get to see what Carlos Heel it can do when he's not played every single match because he didn't play. He didn't start on the weekend, started in the midweek, first 45 minutes. He was the Carlos Hill we know. New England gets the win over Atlanta. Cincinnati gets the win over Red Bulls. So Cincinnati continues to be right there at the top. Uh, you know, we, we went through the, the scores last night. We had a pookie party in Houston. Uh, Tajuri Shradi scored as well for two of the three for Minnesota. Kansas City and RSL had a 2-2 draw. Uh, Colorado and Portland finished a game that really probably set the game back about 10 years. Chicago shocked Montreal 3-0. LAFC got the win last night, shutting out all caps. Uh, Vancouver 2-1. And then San Jose and Seattle. And obviously, I want to get into this one a little more in depth. But when you go through all the other final scores from last night, what did you see? Uh, Minnesota's interesting, right? Uh, pookie time and, and, and what, what he can provide as a finisher for uh, this Minnesota team is extremely interesting. Um, he seems like he fits with Reynoso. He knows how to find space. I thought his finish was was excellent. Doesn't take too many touches. Doesn't allow the keeper to close him down. Um, so I like what I'm seeing. It makes them a little bit deeper. Uh, they get to move around that midfield a little bit with Arriaga, with Dotson. Uh, bringing in Bender Garcia from the bench and not needing him to be your primary forward because he's not the best finisher. He can do a lot and stretch out defenses and get behind defenders. But when it comes to his finishing, he's not fantastic or effective. So uh, I think that that's a pretty good win against uh, a decent Houston side. We've been talking about Houston. Um, Chicago's been oddly interesting uh, under new management, right? And, and it just seems like they're so much more direct. Even Shakiri is starting to score. Uh, the vibe has changed. The locker room is getting a little bit more together, it seemed. Uh, they're enjoying to playing, which maybe wasn't happening under Ezra. Uh, so 
those are the things that kind of stand out from this one away from what I'm sure we're going to get into a little bit deeper. Yep. Uh, San Jose shuts out Seattle 2-0. And Steph Cleveland had another match between the sticks. I know a lot of folks are probably staring at that and they're waving their hands frantically going, you know, what in the wide world of sports is going on here? We're used to seeing Steph and Fry and you get another match with Cleveland. What in the wide world of sports is going on in Seattle right now? Uh, well, concussion protocol. Uh, he's not going to be rushed. Uh, he, he suffered a concussion during training. Uh, that's why he has not been playing. Um, I thought Steph Cleveland has done well uh, in Vancouver. He was fantastic. A couple of huge saves. Um, but the problem continues to be depth. And in this one, Brian decides not to rotate the team. Uh, which was odd. I, I thought that playing away in San Jose, he was going to rotate and then bring his best 11 on Saturday. Uh, but maybe it was just designed that way. He talked about it after the game that, you know, he's got to think about should have he made more changes. He thought that they were trying to do too much. Talked about Lodero not being positionally aware because they're trying to put him in kind of a pocket to the right. And he likes to be free. He loves to roam. That's the way he's won everything here with Seattle is just that freedom right behind the nine. Uh, a bear gets another start and he's just in a rut. And when strikers are in a rut and nothing seems to work out, he gets an early chance, six or seven minute could have put more on it. Could have changed the game. He doesn't. Uh, you allow San Jose, that's a very good team, uh, to get on their feet, to get balance, uh, to make the game their tempo. Uh, once that PK gets going for San Jose, the team kind of loses a little bit of that initial intensity. And after that, they just can't get it back. Then Miguel Trauco gets a fantastic banger off a corner kick. No one was expecting the ball there. There's no stopping that shot. I mean, th that's got to be one of the best goals of the season so far. Uh, and right after that goal, whatever momentum you had, even if it was a little bit, Brian said it really took the arrow for sales, whatever was left. Uh, it, it was just over after that. So Seattle just having problems rotating the team where Nico should be playing, where Albert should be playing. I'm not sure if I love the whole let's play Brusnack at 10. I've always liked him a little bit deeper. I think he helps distributing. He helps bring him the ball up the field. So I just think Brian is trying to tinker with his team as their, the other guys come back, right? So Christian will be back. Uh, Alex didn't play this game because he played so many games with Salvador. Uh, Jordan will be back. So this thing will look a lot different, but it does worry me that you're not able to be more consistent when certain players are not there. And uh, as we get into the final 10 minutes, Jarrett Smith now joining us here. And uh, Jarrett, we are just getting into red light, yellow light, green light for the last, say, seven days. And uh, I, I'm going to go ahead and let Nico start. Nico, do you want to go red to green? Do you want to go green to red? We're going to go green today. We're going to go green because we did, we did well, guys. We got to give ourselves some credit. I thought we did good. We 
on the juice boxes they were very good to me we got the one and only draw between lafc and san jose that one paid off pretty nicely uh we talked about a yellow team trending in green last week and that's what we're going to start with the green because real salt lake mm -hmm. is here to stay first of all they dominate and destroyed orlando just the game before and then yesterday away at kansas city they're the best away team in the league 21 points on the road they are they haven't been beaten in eight they won five of those in that stretch of time and it just they're so deep it, yesterday in the game you could tell that mastroni he's down two goals and he's not sweating he knows what's happening he adds brings the cavalry with uh luna and brings in uh chicho and he just knows what he has on the bench he knows what he's doing so it, what's scary about our rsl is that they're so deep they're so good and he feels like pablo is still trying to calibrate the gears oil up the machine and and he just has so many weapons uh palacio plays gets his debut fantastic game i thought for his first game in mls is not easy switching mid-season from playing in colombia to playing here in the united states after he adapted very well um he was fast he distributed well so man I i'm just so impressed with this rsl team and you better watch out because i'm going to put him in the green category because i saw that trend going and they're going to keep on keeping on so watch out western conference all right jared go for it yeah, all right, because uh, RSL <laughs> would be mine as well in the sense that they just keep keeping on. Um, and ironically, it's the team they played last night that I'm still green on that I was not earlier this season. I'm very impressed with what's gone on with Peter Burmese in Kansas City. They've gotten guys healthy. A couple results now that, they've, that they're going to feel like they let slip away. The one over the weekend, especially where you had the, the fight <laughs> in the middle of the field. Yeah. And, and guys getting shoved down and we have to discuss what is an actual aggressive or, you know, violent action by a player, yes. but, but I uh, still really impressed with what Kansas city has done. And especially at the start, they had this season. Um, it, it's something that really sticks out to me about what Peter Burmese has done there and that he's gotten them. Are they going to host a playoff game? Maybe not, but this thing could have spiraled into legendarily bad and he didn't let it happen. All right. So then, Jarrett, who's your yellow light for this week? Uh, yellow is Nashville, going in the wrong direction. Okay. Um, Nashville is, of the last five games, they've won one of them. They've lost four of them. Hani Mukhtar hasn't scored in five games. And as that team goes, Hani Mukhtar, or as Hani Mukhtar goes, that team goes. Flip it around. Yeah, last night was just ugly. Um both on the field and off the field. Yeah. Um, look, Nashville, we've, we've talked about it for years, man. Nashville has to, get an, has to get a functioning number nine. They have tried and they have missed, like inconceivably missed with like Akeloba. Mm -hmm. But if Hani Mukhtar and Gowen, neither is Nashville. And they did a swoon like this last year. They're, they're still in a playoff picture. They're not falling apart completely but they're in my yellow light and not for the reason they want to be. All right, Nico, who's your yellow? 
because I'm a man of my word, and we talked about a specific player that I did not know if he had it in him to continue to be a leader. Um, I'm going to go with LA Galaxy. I told you, John, that I didn't think that Ricky was going to have the type of performance against Philadelphia because LAFC kind of gives you a different demeanor into the game and you kind of get uh, – you play above your level sometimes as a team, as a collective unit. But after seeing what it did to Philadelphia and looking at the performances that Ricky had in against LAFC and against Philadelphia, I got to move them from the red into the yellow. Uh, they're undefeated in six. Yes, that's okay. A lot of draws in that stance. But just those two games, Enrique Puig and, and his ability to give him that heart that Chicharito Hernandez gave this team when he was with the squad, it's been amazing. Uh, he's The way he, he conducts the ball, uh, breaks lines, uh, dribbling, uh, his intensity on the field, his awareness of where players are at, pointing where he wants the ball at, uh, not going down easy for a player of his stature. He's just taken a completely different turn, and he's really become that DP player that can push this LA Galaxy team into maybe getting to the postseason. So I've just been impressed with Ricky. Um, I've liked what Judd has been doing. But all, all in all, it's about is the Ricky show in the LA Galaxy, um, and it's interesting to see. So I'm going to put him in the yellow category. All right, we continue the snake draft here and go red. So red, Nico is who? Colorado, uh, just inability to win, it, plain and simple. Not every game has to be that dire. I mean, man, it's just hard to watch Colorado. There's nothing uh, really going on when it comes to this team. Uh, I don't know if you saw the Timbers game la last night. Jared, Jared was at the first half of it, and he missed the second half. I was in Colorado on the 4th of July, and I went to the first half of that game and sat through what amounted to a monsoon for two hours to watch 45 minutes of what I theoretically think was a soccer match. Absolutely, man. It's just, it's just hard to watch. It's, it's hard to watch. Yes, there's some players coming in. Rafael Navarro, uh, Brazilian soccer, is going to come in. Gutman is going to come in. But I don't really know if that's going to be enough. But right now, this team is in a rut. They can't win games. Only three one, only three games won this season. It's outrageous. Um, so that's why they're my red team. All right, Jared, who's your red? Uh, I feel like we've been I've been playing uh, volleyball with these two teams. Um, and today we flipped the coin and we decided it's Toronto instead of Miami for me to pick <laughs> on. Um, because both of them are worthy to pick picked on. And this will be it might be my last chance to pick on Miami with Messi coming in, but still, um, man. Toronto is, it's, it's been, it's been a year. It's been a two years. Um, it's been a dark mark on, on Bob Bradley's career. Uh, what's happened over the last two years and you know, he's not there anymore. You know, you do you, what kind of stability do you have with your superstars? Um, what do you, what can you do going forward for the rest of this year? Toronto just, even when they pull something together, resembling you know draws or wins it just it feels like it's kind of delaying more chaos and more issues uh, apparently made a trade there was a report i think tom bogart had last night was the trade yeah. with um with anthony k and latif blessing yep but 
man, like, look, MLS is great because you can, you can kind of flip things around in one off season. It's not, it's not always perfectly possible, but it's, it's doable, man. They're going to, they're, they're going to need to, they're going to need to do that this off season. And if that means one or two of your Italian superstars go out the door, that might be something you have to consider because whatever Toronto, whatever concoction Toronto is making is more likely to blow up the lab at this point than it is to actually heal anything. <laughs> you aren't kidding. Uh, Nico, when it comes to matches this weekend that you have in your spot shadow, who are you staring at? Uh, there's some good ones. Uh, we just talked about Nashville not being great, but that Cincinnati Nashville games are always interesting. They're always fun. He seems to get played with a different demeanor. Um, Philadelphia, New York is one that I always watch. Doesn't matter if it's live or is a little bit later, but I'll be watching the entirety of that game. That's going to be a good one. Uh, Philadelphia coming in uh, from a good win. New York starting trying to find their way uh, and starting to look better than they did a couple of weeks ago. That's an interesting one. Um, let's say uh, RSL is a must watch now. Uh, doesn't matter who they play. So New York Red Bulls, also a team that had been doing all right. Um, so that's probably the, the best matchups that I can see. I don't know about the Seattle Sounders Dallas game that might be a, a boring one to be honest uh, I'll tell you guys now uh, it could be a little bit of a slow paced game uh, here at Lumen Field um, so yeah those are the matchups all right so what's the latest at Pulso Sports on the soccer bar before you go all right so we just talked about Stephen Cleveland uh, we had a really good one-on-one -on -one with him uh, just about three or four days ago uh, we're working on putting up uh interview that we had with Nicolas Odero fully in Spanish. That's going to be a good one about this season, his struggles kind of playing out wide, where he wants to play, all of those things. You're going to catch that at Pulso Sports. Um, and then Soccer Bar today, uh, 2 p.m. We're going to push it an hour today. So 2 p.m. Pacific. Uh, we'll talk about everything that happened at Gold Cup. We'll go in depth into what we talked about a little bit today, this experimental U.S. Miss National Team uh, in Gold Cup, what it means, World 3 is at, the big final, all that. You can catch it at Soccer Bar. As always, El Rolo NW, great to catch up with him at 10.30 Eastern time every Thursday to go Thursdays with Nico. Nico, my friend, it's fantastic to always have you here to break things down from the Pacific perspective. Be safe and be well, as you would, please. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. All right, Jarrett, send us home because we got to be back here at 9 o'clock tomorrow morning. All right, mucho plato, y'all. What he said. We're back here in, what, 21 hours and 54 minutes because it's a busy day tomorrow with Beyond Goals, Weekend Whip Around, all that stuff. So we're out. Take it easy.